Hello, and welcome to All Things Travel. When it comes to history and culture, it doesn't get much better than Athens, Greece. This European destination is an amazing city to tour. And today, Ryan and I are joined by a recent traveler to the glorious city. You're listening to All Things Travel, episode 70, original air date, September 15th, 2021. Well, Shane, today we have a special guest with us. The first two weeks of August, as I've talked about on the podcast, I was far away. I was on Atlas Ocean Voyages for a brand new maiden voyage of this new cruise line. And I was joined by a fellow traveler, a fellow Creating Magic Vacations uh, travel advisor, Mike Reed. And he's with us tonight. Hey, Mike. Hello. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Shane. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, Mike, give us a little bit of an introduction. My name is uh, Mike Reed, and my wife and I are travel agents with Creating Magic Vacations. I live in, in a suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and by day, I work in school administration, and by night, I'm a travel agent. <laughs> by night, you plan trips. <laughs> so now we know your secret identity. I am travel man. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> That's well, funny. What, so, so Mike and I spent two weeks on Atlas, um, and we spent some time in Athens beforehand. We toured through the Greek Isles, which we'll talk about on an upcoming episode. And we ended the trip in Cairo. Um, and today we're going to talk specifically about Athens because I had been there before, so I knew what to expect a little bit, but Mike hadn't, and the folks that we traveled with hadn't, and it's fair to say that I fell in love more with Athens, and I know that they fell in love with the city of Athens, so we're going to get all into that, but first, Shane, I want to know where some of our listeners are from. Where in the world? We have a few new listeners for the past five episodes popping up in Pueblo, Colorado. All right. Now, I didn't know that there's a, there's a river walk in Pueblo, so I'd love to go hang out on that river walk, particularly when the Steel City Brew Fest is running. So invite us out and we will come have a few with you. Hey, all it takes is a brew fest to get us there. Not much more. We're pretty <laughs> not, cheap dates. Not even that much, really. <laughs> Dateline, Worthington, Minnesota. Invite us out and we'll come hang out at the Forbidden Barrel Brewing Company. All right. That so, Mike, like... where is Worthington in comparison to, to you? Worthington is two, two and a half hours southeast. Minnesota has a nice curve to it, and I'm kind of uh, in the central area. Okay. Well, actually, I'm wrong. I'm directionally impaired. It's in the southwest corner, not the okay. southeast. So it's uh, on the way to Sioux Falls, South Dakota for us. Cool. All right. There you go. Well, welcome, Worthington. We're happy you're here. All right. I want to talk about Athens today. I want to talk about Athens, too. I want to hear about it. So you two just got back. Tell us about getting to Athens from where you started, from where you are. All right. Well, Mike was coming from Minneapolis, and I was coming from Indianapolis, and we met in Chicago. And believe it or not, 
Mike and I have been to the same meeting. We've been in the same room and around each other, but we literally met while walking down the hallway together in O'Hare to spend the next two weeks very, very <laughs> involved with each other as far as staying in hotel rooms, staying in state rooms, traveling together. So we were to say that we were thrown together was an understatement, right, Mike? Oh, and absolutely. Yeah, we, it, it's amazing that we've been at, at the same events together, maybe, maybe have said hello in passing or cheers. Here's a, here's, here's a drink or something, but yeah, we definitely, we, we met up in Chicago and sometimes we're nose to nose in, <laughs> in fun situations in random hotel rooms and on the ship. But yeah, we traveled from our hometowns uh, to Chicago and then over to Athens. Yeah. So the the flight was what about eight hours over there, Mike? Yeah, I think it was it was scheduled to be a little over nine hours, nine and a half hours. We must have made some great time, and it took us yeah. about eight hours to get there. Yeah, so we were lucky enough that actually I was able to to reconfigure my seat. So Mike and I had a had a three seat middle row to ourselves, nice. um, the two of us. So that was nice. That. On long trips like that, that makes that a lot more comfortable. Absolutely. Um, so we got to Athens. Athens, uh, the main airport in Athens. I would say, you know, I've been I've been to airports all over the world. I think it's a, a pretty straightforward airport, easy to navigate, no problems there. Um, easy to get around if you don't speak the language. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, everything mostly at, definitely in Athens and in most places in Greece, things are, are written both in the Greek alphabet and in English. So it's, it's very easy to, to get around. How long um, did it take on this trip for someone to say, it all sounds like Greek to me? Well, we made that joke. And then when you made that joke to any local, they said, it all sounds like Chinese to me. Yes. That, that was <laughs> okay. their retort. Yes. Okay. That's, that's how they, they said that, uh natively there in, in Greece. So since we're living in the age of COVID, we did have to do a couple things. Both Mike and I are fully vaccinated. So we did not have to take a test to get into Athens, but we did have to show our, our vaccination card. And we did have a kind of a pre-screen form that we filled out. And as you funneled through the airport into customs, you had to show both of those things. But I would say customs was pretty standard. The airport was pretty standard. No real issues there. It was, it, it, it went pretty smooth. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say that having to fill that out in advance definitely helped the process. Yeah. We, had to fill out, uh, we filled out a form with, with the airline. We filled out a form with, with Greece, filled out another form with the American embassy just to let us know that we were, let them know that we were traveling. But then when we, got to kind of the edge of the customs area. They asked to see the QR code from the form that we filled out with Greece that they asked to see our vaccination card. They separated us into a line that we came to find out afterwards was here is the vaccinated line and the unvaccinated line. And then we just waited in the queue to go talk to a customs agent. Yeah, pretty smooth. So when you leave the airport, unless you have scheduled a transfer ahead of time, you basically have two options. You can take the train into town, and that's what Mike and I chose to do. And, and we did it purely economically. It's about half the cost. It, it was probably about a 40-minute ride 
um, from the airport. Once the train got there, we waited some time for the, for the train, but I would say it was probably about a 40, 45 minute train ride into the city center. Um, and it was about 10 euros a piece, I believe. You could take a taxi and it would be faster, but again, it would be about 20 euros a person. So, you know, several easy ways to get into the city, but no problem there. The train station is attached right to the airport. So, you know, you're, you're not, uh, as long as, as long as you know what you're doing ahead of time, like I had gotten information from our hotel to say, here are the ways you can get here. And it, it was pretty straightforward. Cool. You know, I think the hardest part was was understanding the names of the train stations yes. once we're on to yes. get up because at some of those, some of those were zipping by and those, some of those were in the Greek alphabet or in a more traditional yes. Greek spelling with our alphabet. Yeah. So it, we got there, we figured it out <laughs> along the way. Now, uh, they color coded their train routes, but they do not color code the trains themselves. So when a train shows mm. up, it's a little bit of a leap of faith when you're stepping onto that train. You just kind of have to go, well, that's headed towards the city. <laughs> I know yeah. that if I can get to uh, a certain point, well, worst case, I get off and hop on a different line. Right. Huh. But all in all, it, w- it, it went very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. So we chose to stay in the Placa neighborhood in Athens and Mike, I was pretty adamant when, when we talked about where we wanted to stay, that this was the area that we wanted to stay in. Was that a good choice? Oh, that was an excellent choice. This was my first trip to Athens. On the way back, we stayed right next to the airport. And um, I think if I were to ever, or I should say, when I will travel to Athens again, because I plan on in the future, taking my family. I, I think I'm always going to try to stay in the Plaka because yeah. it is so central and so to, to the history, to the culture, to anything you want to do, easy to get into, easy to travel around. Uh, great little hotels with great views. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Close, close to everything. Is that where the train station arrived the yeah so, so so we were able to get off there at a square that was probably about a five minute walk once we got oriented i mean as you can imagine after you know a nine hour flight followed by an hour or so of going through customs and immigration followed by you know a 45 minute train ride it mm-hmm. took us a second to orient ourselves once oh, we bet. were actually out in in the in the city area um but I actually figured out pretty quickly that this was a place that I had been to in 2019. And so I knew the general area. So we got oriented pretty quickly. And I think we were probably about a five minute walk away from our hotel. We stayed at the Hotel Placa, um, which is a, a, a three star hotel in the Placa area. The Placa is the, the traditional historical center of Athens. Um, you know, it is. As far as the type of hotel, I would say it's a pretty standard, um, adequate European hotel. And I don't say that in a negative way. It's just there's not a lot of bells and whistles, except for one thing, Mike. One thing made this hotel stand out above everything else. What was that? 
That would be the rooftop bar and the view of the Acropolis. Holy wow. smoke, Shane. It was. In fact, I think I even called you, didn't I? Didn't I you FaceTime did. you from the roof? Yes, you did. And showed me the view of the Acropolis. That was pretty cruel of me, wasn't it? You know what? I, I enjoyed it. I remember I even called my daughter in to have a look yes, at it. And she yes. was just as wowed as I was. So, no, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. No, this was, this was a, a really nice hotel. You know, partly because... The price was right. The accommodations, there was, you know, there was nothing wrong with them. You know, Mike and I got our first taste into rooming together in a European hotel room, which is the beds are separated, but they're about six inches apart from each other. Uh, <laughs> Just you know? like Fred and Lucy. <laughs> Just, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so we got in, we met our friends, Rob and Carrie, who were there already, and we started to explore the city. Now, this sounds like pretty clear advice. If you're going to experience your first trip in Greece, stay in the Plaka neighborhood and Absolutely. in the hotel Plaka. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and as Mike alluded to our last night, we had actually flown into Athens and spent one night before flying back home. And we, I intentionally chose a place near the airport because we were close to the airport then for the next day. Again, the price was right. The hotel, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was, it was clean. It was great. We actually were able to take a bus back into Athens in about a half an hour. So, you know, there was still, but I would not want to stay there my entire time. I want to be in the city center. I want to feel it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. would want to stay in the city center. And, and there are many neighbor neighborhoods um, in and around Athens. And the Plaka just seems to be the most central to get to all the other historical sites. It's yeah. It, it just made for for a great first experience for myself to be right there, walking distance to anything or hop on, hop off, open air bus experience, scooters and little cars everywhere to dodge uh yeah. in this neighborhood. But it, it it was great. Speaking of historic sites, you you flew into Athens, took the train to the Plaka neighborhood. What did you do? What all did you see and do on your trip? Well, I sat in the hotel room and watched Netflix the entire time. Sweet. Oh, wait, no, we probably went out oh, and yeah. uh, us. Are you caught up on what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you know, plus I was pleasantly surprised, um, you know, again, not knowing Mike until the day before our travel styles really meshed. I mean, we both enjoyed Get going out and wandering and taking long walks and getting semi lost and going and trying, you know, finding some random place and then going, try to find it and exploring that, that really worked well for us. Very cool. So what kind of, what kind of places did you see? Sure. Well, w when we first got there, you know, we were trying to take the advice we talked about on the podcast, Shane, which is stay up as long as you possibly can. Good advice. That first day. Um, I didn't get very much sleep on the on the plane. Maybe I dozed off for a little bit, but not much. Um, and so we just started walking. And the good thing about the Hotel Plaka and the Plaka area is there's lots of shopping, lots of things to see. And I think, Mike, the first thing we did was we went down. We just kind of walked the street length and we went and watched the ch the guards at uh, at Parliament, didn't we? Yeah, I think we we. That was on kind of one end of the area yeah. that we were at. So we took a long, a long walk through the streets just to kind of get acquainted and see the area. 
Um, and then, yeah, we made it all the way down to the, the Parliament Square in the building and watched the changing of the guards uh, with their routine. Uh, really cool way to kind of acquaint ourselves. Uh, I believe we also started to figure out what we wanted to do the next day while walking yeah. there and mm-hmm. see kind of where the bus stops may be yeah. and yeah. different uh, tour opportunities that we may have. Yeah. Cool. What time of day did you uh, arrive? We arrived on a Monday and our cruise was on a Wednesday. So we essentially had an afternoon, a full day and a morning. Okay. Um, in Athens. Uh, so we certainly didn't see everything you could see, but you can actually do a lot in Athens in a short amount of time. Again, because things are, are compact. I mean, you're talking about a historic city, so everything is, is pretty close. That first day, we also walked, um, we walked to the, uh, was it Hadrian's Arch? Yep. Yeah, we went to Hadrian's Gate. Yep. We went to Hadrian's Arch where uh, the arch was built by uh, Emperor Hadrian. I'm sure it wasn't really built by him, but he he directed the project. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. He had some work done. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We went to, um, we went to the original uh, Olympic Stadium. And that was cool. Now, the one thing that was kind of a bummer while we were there was there was a major heat wave in Athens. And so things closed down during the afternoon. So I think it was what between like one and five, Mike, most of the major things were shut down. Yeah, it was about 110 every day. Uh, Oh, wow. And so they shut down because most of the historical sites are large areas of stone yards and right. to go through. So, so a lot of heat got very hot. Uh, felt like you were about two miles closer to the sun than anywhere else on earth. Right. And, uh, so yeah, they shut down in the middle of the day. So any of the historical sites that you needed to have admission to, um, shut down, close the gates, limited, it helped people limit exposure to the heat. Because when you're right. out there, you're just out exposed to the sun. There's not Absolutely. any. They don't have shade trees in the Acropolis that, or anything. There, there is no. shade, but it is it is sparse. Sparse, and, yeah. And certainly when you're at the and and our next day we're at the Acropolis, so we'll talk about that in a second. I mean, you are. I mean, there is no shade, and you just you're, you're out there now. The what's interesting is the last time I was in Athens in 2009, it was January and it was cold up there. So it's just what, no matter what the weather is, you're exposed to it. So really that first day, then the rest of that first day was just kind of, you know, getting acclimated. We had a couple nice meals, had some beer, relaxed on the rooftop and then crashed. Um, Yeah, I think we made it a, I'm going to say till about 11 o'clock at night, maybe by the time that we actually crashed. Yeah. We went and found, um, I believe that was the night we walked over to the brew pub and had dinner on the sidewalk. Uh, we walked around a lot, found lots of, uh, little Montpa convenience stores where they would sell some of the local beers and you can order beer and, and wander the streets and talk to people, find your way around. Um, so that was a, a great experience on the first day, really kind of push us to our limit. So then it, it really helped us right. get onto that time cycle. So Mike, did you feel like the next day you were on Athens time? 
Um, I think I was closer to Athens time. I think it, I'm still a little groggy in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, what was able to push through that? I, no, knowing what that day entailed, and <laughs> right? Well, to go up to right. up to the Parthenon and and on top of the Acropolis Hill uh, and see those sites, I I think that helped it. Uh, but for the most part, I think I was pretty well acclimated uh, by just forcing myself to stay up. Yeah, definitely easier going there than coming home. Yeah. Being that yeah. hot would be dehydrate you, make it a little more difficult Boy, to acclimate. We, yeah, as we were just we were slamming water as as fast as we could. That was and and you know with traveling, Shane, that's one of the things you want to do anyway. So sure. it, it really compounded that. So that full day that we had in Athens, that was really for me. There were two must dos. There was the Acropolis, and there was the Acropolis Museum. Um, and part of what we did with that was. We, um, we did a hop on hop off tour, uh, bus combo with that because of that timing of things being closed and some things were, were closed a little bit more, um, on that Tuesday, we, I don't think we got the value out of that that we could have, but we definitely spent time at the Acropolis and the Acropolis museum. And I, and to me. That's that's the most important thing, and I know Mike, that was really important to you too. Yeah, that was really that was, you know, two of the major things to see up there. I think um, had we been better prepared for uh, the need for us to go take our COVID test that yeah, morning, right? At sure, sure. Location, we would have had more time, especially in the morning. But that that uh, procedure of relying on a piece of paper provided for our hotel of where to right. go to get a COVID test and that. Um, it, it cost us probably two hours that morning. It did. And, and, and again, with things being closed out in the afternoon, those were important hours. Oh, and were the COVID, test, COVID testing locations also closed during that time? No, no. But we wanted to go ahead because we needed a COVID test to get on our ship the next yeah, day. Didn't we want wanted to miss it. We wanted to get it as, as soon as possible. So we, we went ahead, we got on our, our bus and we took that first thing to the Acropolis because we wanted to make sure to get that in. So I, I've been there before, Mike. So I, I would love to hear from you. What was your experience at the Acropolis? Um, a little bit taken back, um, a little bit kind of beside myself. And it was kind it was, it was very otherworldly. It's not, the Acropolis isn't one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, but it sure could be, mm-hmm. it sure should be up there. Um, it was just amazing to think about then of where I was standing in the history. Uh, we, we don't have that same significance in many structures in America. We have a couple hundred years. Sure. Uh, in Minnesota, much of the native population is preserved. So we do have historical significance of, of Native American sites in Minnesota, but the history doesn't date back as far as, say, going into the Acropolis and going up there and, and, and see 2,000 years old, some of these sites 3,000 years old, talking about, you know, the emperors, talking about um, 
the different philosophers and where they would be talking about uh, the you know the historical context and shape of of the the Greek gods and their construct in the history of that area and just being up there. Uh, it was a, it was just amazing to see that site. Uh, if it wasn't 110 degrees, I probably could have spent another hour just. Up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but we, I think we all had prepared about one liter bottles of water, and that was gone very fast. It yeah. was, yeah, it, it was amazing. So, as far as the Acropolis goes, one one thing that I will say is there are accommodations for folks with with disabilities. However, you need to be prepared to walk. It is a hike and there is incline and there is slippery rocks Mm. and there is, I mean, it is not an easy place to visit. It's breathtaking and it's amazing, but you, you do have to be prepared for that. I mean, you are going to be traversing some some not traversing is not the right word but you're going to be you know you're going to have to watch your step you're going to have to watch where you are there are people kind of all over the place so you just need to be careful with that want to have the right shoes and be yeah sure-footed absolutely absolutely yeah this is not a flip-flop day this is this is a walking shoe tennis shoe um kind of day and really, when you're up at the acropolis you just kind of go at your leisure i mean you you as far as going around um, seeing the different things, you know, seeing the the Parthenon, seeing the Temple of of Athena, um, I think those are kind of the two largest structures um, there. Seeing the theaters off to the side, um, you know, and you just kind of take it in and and take pictures and and read the placards and and here's a tip: if you're living life on Wi-Fi. The hill at the Acropolis has some of the best Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi in all of <laughs> Athens. Um, I learned that the first time I went because I, w- I didn't have phone service at that point. I was just living off of Wi-Fi and I was FaceTiming folks and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> things I couldn't do other places. Well, now you know where to go for the best free Wi-Fi in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we went to the Acropolis Museum. And, and I think if it were me... I would recommend people going to the museum first so they get kind of a sense of what they're going to see when they go to the Acropolis. Okay. But because of the timing of things being closed up, we couldn't do it that way. Um, but really, for me, the Acropolis Museum really helps me understand the magnitude of what the Acropolis sites actually look like. They, they have done a great job of, ex- of showing excavations of showing what things would look like, of tying it into mythology. It's just, it, to me, it's a museum where you just, you, it's, at, every room has something where you're like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah, there, uh, the statues, the, the, the face carvings that would have been, that would have surrounded uh, the top of the columns around all the buildings were there. Uh, there was uh, displays of of coins that were yeah, that was cool. Years old, uh, different statues, different faces, different um, oh pottery that was in there. And then the whole museum is built on top of an excavation site, so you could be in the museum in the nice air conditioning 
looking through glass floor. and they actually have a glass oh, floor wow. so you can see the excavation site and they awesome. have a spot they have a spot where when you're up on the second or third floor i don't remember which it actually frames the real acropolis and you can kind of see where it was in relation to everything else it's it's oh, wow. really cool very cool um yeah absolutely and i would say okay so let, let's break this down i would say the acropolis and the acropolis so so the the hop on hop off bus tour so that was two a two-day pass of the hop on hop off bus tour that included entry into other museums and other sites that included a ticket to the acropolis and the acropolis museum I want to say it was 50 euro. Is that correct, Mike? I think because yeah. I paid for both of us, I think it was 98 euro. Yeah, that's right. It was it was about 50 euro a piece to see the sites. Yeah, it, it's a steal because along with that, and again, we didn't have a lot of time to explore other things, but with that hop on, hop off, there were other museums that you got entrance to. There was, you know, places where you could go get a free... Uh, Hero or Suvlaki. There's a place where you could go and get a free, you know, Greek coffee or or different things like that. I mean, you could really maximize that pass over a couple days. I th I think, and that would really help you. I think see the majority of Athens in even just a long weekend. Oh, absolutely. I think there were parts of that pass that we definitely underutilized. Yes, and and kind of kicked ourselves. Uh, for not utilizing just the the extra museums that you can get to the Greek Culture Museum, uh, the Greek War Museum, uh, bringing down to the I believe there was something down uh, by the Royal Palace, uh, different different places like that. And I, we we only saw the Temple of Hephaestus uh, from the distance, but you could have gone over to that. Right. There was there was uh, quite a bit to see. Um, yeah, you could really, you could really jam pack a weekend and, and be constantly on the move and still not see everything that Athens has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike, let's talk about food, culture, and people. So this was your first time in Athens. How, how did you, how did, did you feel like the city was approachable? Did you feel like people were approachable? Did you feel comfortable or was it kind of hard to navigate? What were you unsure? Um, no, I think the city of Athens was 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 fairly easy to navigate, especially in the day and age. Um, I did pay for the international plan with my cell phone, so I could pull up a Google Map and and see. Um, nothing is really built on a grid system. There's streets, <laughs> yeah. <buildings>, right? <laughs> like we would be accustomed to, but once you um. I think that the difference with there's always some historical monastery, church, uh, rune site, uh, train station to to uh, navigate to and from that you can see for quite a while. So that made it really easy. Um, I really think the hardest thing about getting around is the avoidance of the scooters and the smart cars because they're zipping through sidewalks and their streets. Um, that are just jam packed and they know where they're going and we're trying to navigate right. through the sidewalks are smaller. So I think, um, the navigation was easy. It was the avoidance of the extra parts of it, but, uh, people were really approachable and helpful. Um, there were, 
always places to get something to eat or drink. Uh, there's a very cool area that is a flea market. Yeah. This blur type area where you can go do uh, more of your traditional shopping or souvenirs. Uh, so it was, it was very easy to navigate. People were super friendly. I think they were, uh, very happy to have. Well, and I think that's part of it too. Yeah. They're happy to be open. Yeah. yeah. Very happy to have tourism being able to come back into their area and, and very happy to talk. Uh, I think we noticed, especially that, uh, when we would sit down and have meals, um, we were often provided an after dinner dessert or an after dinner drink, uh, after sitting for a while in the right. city of Athens. And, and it was, it was like, they were very happy to share part of their culture. Right. With- right. Absolutely. So Shane, you had asked about, uh, was it easy to navigate with things written in English? I would say on top of that, most folks who were, who worked in, in the tourist side of things, shops, restaurants, hotels could communicate in very passable English. I mean, there, there was very few times where I felt like there was a language barrier that we could not, uh, overcome. Now, I don't expect to go to a country in Europe and have everybody speak English. I totally get that. But I feel like of all the places that I've traveled in Europe, I think, oh, well, other than Ireland and England, where, but, you know, any place I've been where English is not the first language, I think Greece is the easiest to travel in. So if not speaking a language is something that makes that somewhat that makes someone uncomfortable about traveling to Europe. Athens would be a good place to go where they could easily get everything they needed and have all the fun they want without having to speak Greek. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Food, Mike. You fell in love with some Greek food. Fell in love with some Greek food. I had uh, an an Americanized view of what Greek food would look like. Um, Having some great Greek restaurants around here where they, they would serve a gyro, which was meat on a spit carved served in a pita with 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 a cucumber yogurt sauce and that meat uh traditionally around here was lamb uh when we went over there it was not lamb it not was lamb oh wow it was pork it was chicken and what we call a euro over here is generally called some flocky over there and uh we may have ate that for five or six meals. (laughs) (laughs) It could have. So, so, so that, that full day in, in Athens, we had, we had Yiro or Suvlaki for both lunch and dinner. (laughs) And then I think we had it again for lunch the next day. Yep. And, and then we had it multiple times during our cruise at different cruise areas and, and things like that. It, then I, we, I, I love it. Athens, we had it again with yeah. our, on our last day. We <laughs> yeah. specifically sought out and, our favorite little yeah. Greco project. The, the Greco was- project won the day for us. Everything that we had there was amazing um, and, and cheap, cheap, cheap. Good food. Um, yeah, that's I think, my favorite. I think that our last meal there, Mike and I each had a gyro, and and 
and it was a substantial sandwich. I mean, I would say it would be as big as a six inch sub. Wouldn't you say Mike? Oh, easily. I think, yeah, I think just the pita would be the same size as the bread, but they, they load those. Yeah, they do. They stuff it. And so we had that and then we shared an appetizer and we each had a large beer because you could get small size beers or large beers. And I think we had a liter of water that we shared because often in, in Europe, you buy the water at the table and I paid for that meal. And I think it was 22 euro for, for, I mean, that's, that's pretty good for, for two people to have a a nice meal like that. Um, and we would get, we would get food, uh, you know, street food. And I think you paid for us one time, Mike, and it was like five euro or something like that. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. I think we got two different, two different souvlakis. Yeah. It was five euro. And then it was another, you know, we would stop at the convenience store and it was one and a half euro for the beer. So it was like a 16 ounce can of beer. You would, you you could get a year, a liter of water for a euro on the, on the street. And I would say a lot of times when you go to larger cities, the prices are inflated. And I would say when we were traveling the Greek Isles, the prices were, especially if you were close to the port, the prices were higher. Mm-hmm. But I would say those prices pretty much other than those ultra touristy places, both Athens and, and other places in Greece, those cheaper prices held up. I mean, Greece is a really nice place to travel to because you can get really good food and drink for pretty reasonable prices. Now, my favorite Greek restaurant here in North Fort Worth, a popular side with a gyro is french fries did you have a lot of french fries well they do serve a lot of french fries but they actually put french fries in the euro inside oh wow inside it and if you were to order an order of fries i think i was contemplating doing that one lunch mike and i'm glad that i didn't because there was like a plate of fries yeah i think it would have been an entire supermarket bag of (laughs) oh wow And they serve that as their side of yeah. frontals sometimes. Yeah. But 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 you're you're right, Shane. Fries are a pretty prevalent uh a pretty prevalent side dish um along with that gyro or that souvlaki. Um yeah. So so Mike, tips for visiting Athens. So if somebody gets excited after listening to this podcast, what's a what's a tip or two that you would share with them about visiting Athens? I would say Find a good piece of research. Ryan, you had a, a, a tour book that helped us. I also, uh-huh. just a Rick Steves tour book. That yeah, and I use Only good, Planet. So that gave us a good reference guide for, uh, hey, we have a question about where we want to go and have maps. So you don't have to rely on internet-based research while you're there. Um, I think another thing is try to stay as close to those city centers as possible. Uh, yep. That made e- the world of everything. Cause we could literally walk out of our hotel and in five minutes, be at a historical site, uh, a restaurant, a church, uh, anything. And it, it just made things so much more convenient to not be reliant on a taxi, a bus, a subway, like Uber, a scooter, anything. Um, and I think, um, be willing to take the random turns in Athens. The, the really cool thing about the city in, in Athens in Greece is, is 
you never know where these roads are going to go because some of the roads were built to confuse enemies yeah. as they're coming into town. <laughs> that that is, I, I I did not know that until this trip, but that is an absolutely Brilliant. historical fact. And so, be willing to take the turn and and try new areas. And y'all did that a lot on the trip, and and always felt safe. Yeah. Yes. And, and and especially in Athens, it's very easy to see when you're kind of at that edge of that historical center. I mean, you're going to hit a major road or you're going to, I mean, or things, you know, the, the, the types of buildings are going to change dramatically or things like that. So you can kind of get a real good sense of what zone of the city I'm in. And again, we were there for such a short amount of time. We didn't feel like we had to go farther than that Mm -hmm. um but mike's absolutely right you know get athens is the perfect example shane when we talk about as long as you feel safe getting lost is a good thing excellent yeah absolutely yeah we we definitely had to uh get our bearings it's it's a little it's easy to get turned around and then you know make a 270 degree trip around the block and then realize, oh, I should have taken a left turn up there instead of three right turns. Um, <laughs> but then you, you're seeing such a great part of the world that right. it, that it's, it's not, you're not, you're not really scared. You're not lost. You don't have that sense of panic. You're just exploring. There's so many great things to see that, that every turn has something new. I think it'd be fun to get a highlight from each one of you. Ryan, what would you say is, would be a highlight that stood out on this trip? Well, I think for me, one of the things that stuck out for me with Athens is I just, I love how, I love how proud people are of their history. Like everybody you would talk to, like they're excited that you're there to see their history. they're, They're excited that you're there to to experience the food and experience the culture and and be there and and like mike said that may be kind of the times that we're in post-covid but i think that for me that was an overall highlight of of athens in general um both times i was there absolutely so very welcoming you always felt welcome absolutely intruding or no as a tourist at all excellent mike how about you what's a highlight from your trip to athens I think seeing, seeing historical sites that, that many times we only see in uh, our world history book in high school, um, and seeing them come to life. And, and, and then like Ryan said, seeing the locals tell you about the stories about those sites was amazing. Uh, Hotel Plaka is on my list of places to go back to. And I still remember walking up to the rooftop and going, oh my gosh. And then coming back at night and, and the entire hill is lit up and, wow. and just having my first sips of Uzo. Well, off the rooftop with some good friends at night, uh, it was probably 90 degrees at night and, and just <laughs> really enjoying our time with a spectacular historical view. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and to piggyback off of that is, one of the things that I really appreciate about Europe in general, but Greece in particular, and, and Shane, I'm sure you've experienced this in Spain, is 
the relaxing with friends, the having a drink in the square, the sitting and talking is the activity. It's not what you do while you're waiting to do the activity. It Absolutely. is the activity. Yeah. It's the it's the sitting down and spending time. And if lunch takes two hours, lunch takes two hours. And if you want to sit and people watch with a beer, you can do that for the afternoon. And that's okay. That's part of it. Um, and like I said, Mike and I, you know, we kind of fell into this traveling friendship. Luckily, we were able to do that. You know, we were able to, to, to explore together, spend time together. And by the end, we just enjoyed sitting and having a beer together and, and, you know, talking about our travels. And that's, that's what going to a place like Athens allows you to do. And especially then the Greek Isles that we'll talk about in a, in a later episode. That is an inspirational wrap up. Well, Mike, if people want to talk to you about your experience in Greece, or if they're interested in uh, following you and Leah and what you all do with your travel advising business, how can they reach out to you? Two easy ways to reach out to us. One would be email, which would be read, R-E-E-D, at creatingmagicvacations.com. Or you could follow us on Facebook. Uh, our, you can search for Creating Magic Vacations with Mike and Leah. And you can find us on Facebook. We we post uh, a lot about our adventures as a family and our time traveling right there on Facebook. Time travel? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that. I knew, I'm I traveling knew she very was going to cool. make a comment about time travel. <laughs> and traveling, yes. <laughs> Love the time ultimate travel. travel advisor. Not where do you want to go, when, when do you, you want to go. go. <laughs> We would love to help you plan your next amazing vacation. Ryan and I are both travel agents with Creating Magic Vacations, an authorized Disney planner. You can reach out to us at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at creatingmagicvacations.com or to me, Shane, S-H-A-Y-N-E, at creatingmagicvacations.com. And remember, it is our job to make you the vacation planning superhero. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show so you can join us next time on All Things Travel. And remember, never stop exploring. Man, what a pro. One take. One take. I might have practiced it earlier. Might have.